and we're back again on a Sunday this week. Uh, we are unfortunately weren't really on last week, you know, just kind of happens. Um, but we're back. We missed kind of all the craziness of the free agency, but everything's kind of calmed yeah. down now. As, as it's going to be, you know, a lot. week and a half since free agency actually kind of hit. So obviously, this is kind of becoming a downtime. Um, right now, we're still waiting on if Tarasenko or Eichel will have new homes. Uh, at the moment, they are still at the same places. Everything else, there's been a lot more changes since we last podcasted. Well, we aren't going to break down everything that's happened. We're just going to break down some of the bigger things. The major, major yes. trades, major signings. And exactly. There's, and then there's been a lot. Uh, just going flyers-wise later on, we're going to give it, since their offseason is pretty much done, outside of yeah. signing Sandheim and uh, Hart. Um, Hart. Their offseason's done, and we're just going to give them a little you know, grading. And if time permits, we're going to kind of take a look at the teams right now and where we kind of kind of see them early on in terms of teams that made changes and everything, how much better they are, or, you know, all that. Uh, but first, let's kind of take a little looky around the league and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know where to begin. I guess technically on the 28th, um, which was what free agency day, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, things got started pretty early with Nikita Zadorov getting traded from Chicago to at least his signing rights to the Calgary Flames for a 2022 third round pick, which originally belongs to Toronto. Um, it, it was rumored that the Blackhawks were trying to get rid of Zadorov for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, Calgary gets some help on on the blue line, big body, so. We'll see how one plays out on um, this very, next one later that day. Yeah, sure, go ahead. I'm very surprised with Calgary's kind of off yeah, I don't know. I thought they're, they're going to kind of do a similar thing. And Mitch and I were talking about this yesterday when yeah. he came back. Um, and that, and I kind of agree with him. He thought they were going to kind of be like the Flyers this offseason where they're going to trade some pieces yeah. off. Like I thought maybe Johnny Hockey might be gone or and uh, John Monaghan. Dude, I, imagine if Monaghan got traded. That would be a downfall mm-hmm. move for Calgary. Like, he's a very – all right, to me, he's not even underrated. He's just a, kind of similar how we we know with some Philadelphia athletes. Philadelphia athletes, he's an underappreciated player in the entire NHL. Like, I don't think people understand how good he actually is. Yeah. Um. So, like – yeah. <laughs> the only thing they were lost so far is Giordano. They've added ever since. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. But that was just one thing they've done. Ethan Bear found a new home. That was a big deal. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Did you expect him to get traded anytime soon or even think he was on the block? No. If I'm being completely honest with you, I did not expect it. Yeah. Um, especially since. Edmonton doesn't have a great deep pair to begin with, so it's very surprising. Yeah, that they I thought one of their better I thought it was a big time mistake. But I mean, for the Hurricanes, since they just lost Dougie, um, yeah, not that he's not that Ethan Bear is like Dougie because I think Dougie's a better uh, defenseman, but he does kind of fill he's a hole that you kind of lost. Yeah, no, I agree. So going to be pain in the ass. But um, he was and in return, they did get Warren Fogle. 
Mm-hmm. The signing rights to Warren Fogle is a pretty good young forward who was slowly but surely making a name for himself his rookie year. Where you, you could argue a potential um, Calder finalist uh, for rookie of the year because he did that well. Uh, he definitely cooled up since then, but um, you know, but still, like he's he's a pretty pretty sharp uh, player in my opinion. So. Clearly, Edmonton. He, I mean, we didn't Edmonton right. fans did not like this trade at all because they lost Ethan Bear. Also, the other side of this is, I don't understand how the Hurricanes trade for a guy like Ethan Bear. Which don't get me wrong, I love Bear. I think he's great, but not only a couple hours later, then go on to sign Tony D'Angelo to a one-year deal. And everything Ethan Bear stands for is the exact opposite of what Tony D'Angelo brings. So that was very surprising. I don't. It was a extremely surprising move by Don Waddell, and I don't know how much of a say Ron Brennamore had had in it, but it's not the kind of move I would expect from an organization like Carolina. Especially trading for someone like Ethan Bear, who's it's been known, obviously, highly, highly against and fighting against you know racial injustice and everything, and and you know, perfect example as well as uh, for Ethan Bear. Um, and I would I'll have to look it up. I apologize, I don't know it's on my head and or don't have it in front of me, but um, he changed his last name when he wore his jersey for a little bit with his last name it was in i can't remember uh i can't remember what it's called but he changes his name plate to um like that the material where it's like the the i think on some of my time you know what i'm talking about though right i do where yes. it's, it's like for, for those you know who are unfortunately you know, are, are blind um, where they like the, the touch and feel kind of thing, and, and they can you know feel what the letters is, and then, you know he changed that to you know. So it's Braille? little things like that that really was it. Braille, Braille. Thank you. Jeez, I don't know why that was such <laughs> Braille. Thank you. It's it's Braille. Yeah, so he, he changed his name to the Braille nameplate and whatnot, and, which is a pretty cool you know thing to do. And um, but it's yeah. little things like that that make Ethan Bear that makes him such a wonderful. Playing not only on this, but especially sadly, off the Jeffrey, so, he is a year younger than Tony D'Angelo. Yes. Excuse you. <laughs> Thank you for the well wishes. I, I have a bit of a, a cold. In me. <laughs> I hear that. You're almost as sick as a dog. I know. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I love it. That's everywhere yeah. laughing. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, it's very surprising. I gen- generally thought D'Angelo was gonna, you know, not be in the league for at least like two years before a team signed him. I, I honestly was full of expecting him to be in the KHL by now. Like, yeah. But I mean, Bernamore seems yeah. like a person that, or coach to me that if he starts shit that he's not he's gonna he's yeah. not gonna stand for it which yeah, exactly. I, I think that like of all the coaches in league Bernie would probably 
be okay. Like, or I just not be okay, but like he, he'd be, he's like, you know what? No one needs to do it for me. I'm going to kick this guy's ass in my ass. Yes. Like, like he'll probably like, you know, want to like tug up jersey. And then he's like, dude, get your shit together kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Speaking of Carolina, what an off season for them so far. They changed out their yeah. goals completely. They now have Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta for the next two years. Yeah. They added Derek Stepan. That was a good move, I thought, mm-hmm. for them. As a depth Playoff center. veteran center, depth center for third, if not fourth line. He's coming back from a broken leg, so hopefully he does well. Um, I've always liked Stefan, even when he's on the Rangers. He's a guy you can't hate. He's just a great player all around. Another player on and off the ice. Off the ice, you just want to root for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was a nice Obviously, move. we just talked about the Ethan Bear trade. And then, yes, and then they lost a great Hamilton free agency. Just kind of adding some depth to see there, too. Yeah, they lost Tucker Hamilton free agency, who ended up signing with New Jersey. We'll get the contract details in a little bit. Um, Another trade was Nick Oh, they also got Alex Lyon, so he's no longer in the organization. It's a a depth move there. Um, Nick Holden from Vegas to along with 2022 third. um, That originally is Vancouver's to Ottawa for Evgeny Dadenov. Um, he's a five million dollar cap hit, but um, because of the five hundred seventy-five thousand uh, from Holden's contract, um, it's only four point four two mil for Dadenov, um, or that, that they take on that part of the contract theoretically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let me see here. Bless you. Um, but uh. I actually think that's a pretty decent deal for uh, getting Dadanoff for the Golden Knights. Yeah, I think no, can, honestly, I think so can, they, for I the like Golden they Knights, were trying to get like someone like Philip Denault, but his asking price was way too much, as you saw. I so mean, this past season, I guess you could say it was a down year because he only put up twenty points, fifty-five games, thirteen goals, seven assists. But in nineteen twenty. Yeah. In 69 games, he put up 47 points, 25 goals, 22 assists. That's not bad for, and so for someone like Dadnell too, like he's a, another just underappreciated player in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Opinion, I, I think he's a solid player. He's going to mesh in well with the Vegas Golden Knights. I like that deal. Um, Will Butcher, for, speaking about New Jersey, he got traded to Buffalo along with the 2022 fifth, 24.4 uh, percent. Salary retained, so the Devils get two point eight two mil in cap space, and they acquired future considerations. Um, Capitals got their goalie back. Who was the yes? Seattle Kraken took. Uh, they gave up a second round pick that was back picks. to get him. That's. I mean, I get it. He was just a rookie this year. He was, I think, finalist for. Or no, he wasn't he was. a finalist. Was he? It was there's wait there's two goalies who were finals for the Calder. It was Van because it, it was Nedeljkovic. I, I don't know. He still put up. No, good. no, no. He, he he was in the running for. It. I don't think he was a finalist though. Right. But but still, regardless, Vanjek had a hell of a year for his rookie year. Um, but yeah, Seattle took him. They gave they got a second round pick in 2023 back for him. Um, and then speaking of goalies, Mike, you got the next big trade there. Yes, this is probably the biggest trade and the biggest surprise because I guess we'll get to that in a second too. Actually, 
look into that beforehand because like <laughs> that trade happened earlier than that. Or not trade, but maybe signing right around then. But um, not Darcy because that's the person who's going there. Um, Philip Grubauer is no longer a Colorado Avalanche. He is now in uh, Seattle. It's a new expansion team. That's where he ended up signing, which I guess makes sense because, you know, Colorado has spent a lot of money to bring back their captain and the contract to Kyle McCarr. But they did get a goalie in this trade. They got Darcy Kemper from the Capitals, which I think is actually a good move for Colorado in that sense. Uh, for Connor you know, Timmins, it, it is a, yeah. a 2022 first round pick, a 2024 conditional third round pick. And the condition is Arizona receives a 2024 third round pick if Colorado wins the Stanley Cup in 2021 22 and Kemper plays in 50% of the playoff games. So um, we already know Kemper will play in 50%. Yes. You know, most likely knowing that Colorado is going to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the so big question is of if Cooper's contract was retained, so about a million dollars. All right, I mean, hey, every little bit helps. Yep. And uh, this next know, one makes me laugh. I don't know how much of an upgrade he is compared to. I think he's a better. To me, I think he's a better, more developed starter. He's a more realistic is. starter than Grubauer. Yeah, you know, Grubauer um, was a finalist for the Vesna. Here's my question, though, for you. Do you think Darcy Kemper's value was worth giving a first round pick for? Especially knowing how desperate Colorado was for a goalie now. Is that Joe Sackett being, hey, I'm desperate. I'm willing to dangle a first round pick? Yeah. I think, that that those, G- I think it was one of those. Is that Arizona's or- GM just digging saying, oh, like if you want Kemper, you got to get, you, you got to offer a first, you know? I think it's. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's similar to like when the Flyers got Ristolainen. Do I think Ristolainen's his first first yeah. first round pick? No, but <laughs> no, no, but because he was a first round pick, people tend to think that those guys, those type of defensemen, you know, would be. So the Flyers oversold a bit on getting him another another pick and Hag, and in this situation too, it's kind of similar to that. I would argue, but I think. Joe Sackick was on the better end of it than, say, Chuck was in that. Yeah, uh, there isn't as big of a risk in that. You don't know if he's going to have a bounce back. I think Kemper's already established as a pretty decent goaltender, and, 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 and it's not like Kemper's bad. Like he's got range, solid numbers. And seeing how I guess maybe they even thought, okay, we're probably going to lose Grubauer. He was probably going to yeah. be the best option for them. You're not wrong. Um, yeah, so because. The other yeah. goaltenders that are that were on the market, at least free agency wise, I think they thought, I don't know if these guys are as big of an upgrade starter net, worthy. Yeah, than we just had with Grubauer, and, and not only that, but like you mentioned, so then we're like, okay, an upgrade over Grubauer. Colorado, in more sense, than the Flyers. Who cares about your first round pick? You're trying to get a cup. Not wrong. Yeah, and, and they're they're in a very similar boat to how Tampa was. It's like you need to you're window it's not necessarily closing but your fans are getting impatient knowing how close you are so you you need to throw whatever you can making it work to get and they're closer to the cup in their defense though their oldest player is eric johnson who's 33 
And that's, but they're still a pretty young says team. a lot. Even Kemper, about, who, Kemper's only 31. Yeah. They still have Francis. I mean, that, that's not bad at all. And uh, Francis is, you know, we'll see how yeah. he turns out. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Um, and this next one makes me laugh. Uh, 2022 third from the Rangers to the biggest of all nights for Ryan Reeves. I can, I 100% know why they did this move, and it's because Tom of, Wilson. Yes. That's the only reason the why. The only made. reason why. Here's my question, though. How does. <laughs> I get New York desperate to have a bully on their team like Reeves. Why give up a third round pick for him? It's straight up like trading a third round pick for Zach Ronaldo, Boston. In their sense, I think they were like, okay. If Tom Wilson's going to try this shit again, we're going to try to get the biggest person that we know he's not probably not going to want to fight. So they got Ryan Reeves. Yeah. And for the most part, unless they play the Capitals, he's probably gonna, eh, he's probably gonna be healthy scratch if like a fourth line. Yeah, because their team's good enough where he doesn't have to play. They could just have right him on the bench, even though I think they gave him an extension too. Yes, he did. But those are really the only trades that have happened since. Um, yeah. Um, small one here. It's not. If you don't know the organization that well, you would think this is a mid trade to me. It's a little bit more than just a mid trade. It's actually a decent trade. Uh, Tampa Bay traded Mitchell Stevens actually to the Detroit Red Wings. Stevie Y, uh, his former team to his you know current team uh, for a 2022 six round pick. To me, this is again a little bit more than just a mid trade. I. You know, Stevens, he's not, unfortunately, cracking the roster for Tampa Bay. There's literally no room for him. So, well, go to teams where you have a legitimate chance. He also hasn't chance. really earned it either. He doesn't, he doesn't right. Really. You're not wrong. Either, but he has the potential to be yeah. kind, of, kind, of, kind of like one of those young enough players where he, uh, he can slide into a team like Detroit, in my opinion. Yeah, he could. He'll have an easier time in Detroit, I think, than he would in Tampa Bay, maybe exactly. just because not as with and and Iserman was the guy who drafted him, so that that's there's just that connection again of the only Tampa. Oh, I'm sorry, about um, that is Iserman pick plucking off some players. Unfortunately, he was drafted in 2015, so he's 24, which unfortunately yeah. means very soon, if he doesn't start picking it up soon, he will have the distinction of being an AHL player. Yes. So we'll see how it plays out. Like I said, it's to me personally, it's a little bit more than just a metric. I think it's a decent trade for Detroit. It's it's worth just giving up a six. Why not? It's you know, it it could work out, and it could yeah. It's not it's not gonna it's like you're not wasting a six round pick. Like if at worst case scenario you got some depth scoring, you know, it, I think it's worth a shot. So. Um, yeah, so that was that was all the trades. I assume he's been um, dealing with injuries too because he hasn't really played a lot of games either. Yeah, I think he's had some injuries. Um, there was a, whole, a lot of contracts. You know what? Easiest way to do this, we're gonna, we're gonna filter out um, the uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna filter the contracts so you can uh, you know, make it easier to find the, the bigger cap hits. Um, um, one thing that happened the other day, which is 
surprise both of us in terms of how much he got. But yes. Darnell Nurse got an extension with Edmonton that doesn't take effect until yeah. next year. Nine point two five mil eight year contract. It's a seventy four million dollar deal. That's absurd. Yes. I love Darnell Nurse. I love what he brings to the plate and table and went on. But oh, Ken Holland, dude, you're you're making some mistakes to the left and right, my friend. Is it bad that I thought for a second, like if you know, after the season and he went to like free agency or whatever that uh, the Flyers might swoop in just because, you know, that tie to McNabb? No, but the issue is his cap hit, though. That's going to be the issue. Oh, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying before this contract happened. Oh, oh, no, not at all. Dude, absolutely. I, I would be like, hell yeah, I'd be all over that. Like, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Uh, so that was a huge one. Uh, this one is an interesting one to me. It's only a year. It's 1.5 mil. Marcus Johansson to Seattle. That's mm-hmm. a decent deal. It's He was once thought to be a pretty solid, you could argue, top six player. And now mm-hmm. he's just a, certainly a get that drive, ice time. Not that he wasn't going to yeah, get He's going to get the ice time. He's, he, that's not a bad option. So, uh, so that was an interesting one to see. Uh, Vince Dunn got a – I'm sorry, not Dunn. I want to talk about Adam Pellick's deal first. He re-signed for eight years. Um, the Isles. Forty-six. Uh, no, five point seven five average that's, annual. That's pretty. That's not, that's a fucking great deal for the Islanders in that sense because Pellick, I think it. Yeah. To me, I think is worth a little more than that, or maybe around that. Uh, I I kind of Pellick has been Pellick so, is so underrated. I know the Pollock 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 deal or defense pair or whatever. Is the reason yeah. why they're so good. That's the only really reason why, outside of Berzo. Okay. They're um, the reason no, why their I, defense stays so well. And you also oh, have no oh, Dobson, oh, too. By, by, the but, way, by the way, and no more Everly. So, you know. Yeah, no, no more Everly. I, I, I had to bring that up. Yeah, I like that, too. Don't worry. Um, but it sounds like, I don't know why they haven't announced it yet, but it sounds like they're getting Parise and they might want to bring back um, Paul Mary. Yeah, no, so that has been rumored for a long time now. Like, I don't know why it's taking so long to. Someone brought this up on Twitter. I thought it was an interesting idea, um, and, and I kind of like it to be honest. I they someone said they think the deal's done, but they don't want their opponents just yet knowing how much money they have, or or, or like they gave to them, or also or just yet, but also more importantly how much cap they have to work with right now. Not a lot of teams have a lot of cap to work with at the moment. Yeah. So. Well, because the other thing is a lot Edmonton of people at the moment that... has a little less than 12 million cap space to use. So, Oh, and they had to sign Bavillier, So that's where much of that money's going to go. Yeah. That's they're trying, they, they're trying to, I think possibly make a trade. Oh, for we'll oh see. also Kiefer Bellows. Yeah, not that he's going to make make a whole lot with this next contract, but, but so still, strange. it's an important signing in our opinion. Yeah, well, our opinion, yes, but they're going to give cases. They'll bring back cases because don't worry, he's coming back. Um, alrighty. So some other big signings you had Vince Dunn with Seattle, two years, eight mil I'll total, four mil AAV. I'll get to that later. 
Uh, Thomas Tatar with the Devils, two years, four and a half mil per year, so nine mil total. Um, Dante Favreau, I thought this is a big one for Nashville. They re-signed him to two-year, 2.4 mil cap it. It's 4.8 mil total salary, so I thought that was a pretty big one, uh, in my opinion. Um, he's a very young player, um, so that was good there. Um, Zach Sanford and Jordan Kyrou signing. They were both RFAs, I believe. They signed their deals with um, the Blues two. It was a two by two. Sorry, no, it was a one uh, one year two mil deal for Sanford and Kyrou. Two years, uh, five point six mil cap. Which sorry, total so two point eight mil cap. Oh, why don't we do? Oh, that's so unfortunate. Why? I didn't realize what Riley Nash's contract was. God damn it. Oh, it's only 750,000. I would have liked them for the Flyers instead yeah. of, you know, Thompson. That's true. I mean, Riley Nash doesn't do much for me, but I'll take him over Thompson. Yeah, for the like, depth third or fourth line center, yeah. I'd, I'd perfectly be fine with that. Um, I, I actually would have loved to get Stefan, you know, 1.3 mil, sure, but that would have been too much, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, true. Uh, get get what you do what you can get. Andre um, Kasha, yeah, new place. He signed with Toronto. Yes, he did. One year, one point two five mil. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this, in my opinion, is a very big deal. Two mil, two point. Sorry, two years, two point two five mil AAV for Ivan Barbashev. That kid, that guy is legit. He's only twenty five for St. Louis. I, I think he's like one of the St. Louis' best players right now. Obviously, besides like ROR and and uh, Robert Thomas, like he's he's up there. They had Sammy Blay, but they used him to trade for um, Pavel Bichnevich, I believe. Yes, was it Bichnevich? Yeah, mm-hmm. it is Bichnevich. Yeah, so that they, was a big. Deal they there. also signed Brendan Saad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a that was a big deal. Um, that was five years, four point five mil, twenty two and a half mil. And the last one I'll cover right now, Zach, uh, Zach, yeah, Zach Ransky, six years, nine point five eight mil cap, it fifty seven and a half mil He's total. What are your thoughts on that one? Because that, that, that is a huge contract right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, clearly, give me a second. Give me a second. Well, I have a whole thing on this one that I'll get in a second because there's a lot of big contracts to people that I'm not, you know. Why you're like, yeah, no, much. I know. I obviously, there, I just added another name of... to it, so <laughs> <laughs> well, like I mentioned, it, oh, Darren Helm's no longer on the uh, Red Wings now. Yeah, he signed with Colorado, oh, yeah, with Colorado, which is decent one mil. not bad. Honestly, they used them, they probably got him for his penalty kill and his speed, probably. Michael um, Raffle has a new home. Yeah, in he's in Dallas. Dallas. A lot of players signed in Dallas this year. They did, and this is going to be another thing I actually want to ask you too, because it's going to yeah. be very interesting. Because I think Dallas is actually going to have a bounce back year. Because last year they got. I I kind of hope so. I I enjoy um, having the stars in the playoffs. Yeah, I was going to say, be careful how you pr- phrase that, Jeffrey. I know, in the wrong, I know, I know. In the wrong ears. If you say something about Dallas, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's Philadelphia here. Um, it's true, but they kind of got screwed with COVID and 
weather and injuries Big and time. everything. So their season was pretty much lost that from the start. <laughs> from the beginning. But they added Braden Holpe. They have Anto- yeah, I thought that was a good they deal. They have Anto Kudobin who brought them to help bring them to the Stanley Cup in the finals in the playoffs in the bubble. Sorry. Here's and my question. Is Bishop still on the team? Yeah, they, okay. For the next two wow. years. He's hurt, so, I think, still, but yeah, so but in the meantime, I'll say this though, I don't think healthy, though. I guess Hudobin would be your starter, or is it Hopi? I would say Hudobin's hurt, and then because I don't really think mind, any of these guys because have... Bishop's 34, Kudobin's 35, and Hopi's 31. And then and they also Hopi's have been their... playing lately. I don't really see him as a starter right now. He's I don't see, uh, I see more of a backup role. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't really see any of these guys in the true starter. They also have Jake Ottinger. Keep that in mind. Yes, he's a very young goalie. He actually saw ice time during the Stanley Cup final um, during one of the blowout games uh, two years ago against Tampa. But um, they added, he played pretty well. So. They added Luke Glenn, at Glenn Denning, too, Dallas. Yes. Um, so I will say though that also, I think that no, wait, we did yeah. talk about that. Uh Heisman's New Deal. Yes, we talked about that. Uh, oh, and got, that's staying, who it was. Yeah. I, I knew they had someone Suter. else. Yes. Ryan Suter. That's that where he a, ended up in Dallas. That was a, a big deal, yeah. I think um, it does. I think that ensures up their defense a lot better too. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a pretty big deal for them. Also, uh Ryan Gessler stayed in Anaheim one year. I'm not surprised. Um, I think this. I think this is last four point. Four, uh, it's probably four point five mil value. The cap it is three mil, so that's an interesting deal there. Um, oh, Brady Point. We didn't talk about him quite yet. Uh, he got his very well deserving contract, it's eight year deal, and that is uh, nine and a half mil AAV. So, you know, that's a lot of moolah. Yes, that takes effect next year. He's making, he's going to make the same as Nikita Kucherov. Yes. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. Definitely. He's the one that I'm going to say I, that definitely is well-deserved. Yeah, one of the few contracts, Mike, that makes sense, actually. Mm-hmm. Also, they resigned uh, another word. It's really a surprise because he's an RFA, but Calfoot for two years. Yeah, Foot, I, I don't know what I would expect from them, but for for Tampa and also like how much room is on their blue line for him, we'll see. But well, because they always have so much cap put into their star players, they just need bodies. Right. And because also, his they contract did is sign Corey not, Perry to a two year yes. deal and signed the former Flyers goaltender Brian Elliott. So yes, I did. think, I think both these guys, in similar sense, who I think Corey, I think Perry's done it for this year, and I think Elliott probably done so. it for this I year. And I think Perry that's why so. both of them went to Tampa. Yeah. Because one, you're not going to make a lot because you guys just at this stage just aren't going to. And two, and and they know that if this is going to be your last, not that your last dance or whatever. Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, bulls. I'm stealing your, your <laughs> slogan. Um, but why not just go with the team that you 
so you end up end your career with another ring or a ring. Yeah, in Elliot's sense. Exactly. Or just a or even Belmont because they signed him and didn't realize he's thirty six. That's so right. He's here for two years. Yeah. Though. Both him and Perry mm-hmm. signed for two years. Also because they lost, they lost, they uh, lost uh, Barkley Goudreau and, and Blake, Blake Coleman. Coleman. They wanted to get, you signed a six year deal yes. with. Uh, they kind of lost their grit. That kind of helped them boost them a little bit in the playoffs. Yeah. And they got it was Corey Perry. So. And Belmont, yeah. who's going to be great for them. To, uh, he's already. Uh, no, I, I like that uh, he's ranked himself. Uh, Felton all five and a half years. I'm oh, sorry, five and a half mil for six years. So 33 mil contract for LA. That's too much. I love the note, but that's not worth it. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is a big one. Um, David Savard, another player for Tampa, uh, who they just got a deadline on the cup, but four years in Montreal, the team they just beat for three and a half mil, 14 mil total. Did you mention that was a the pretty Dougie uh, contract? I, did. Yet? I mentioned it, but not the details. So, Mike, please, if you got the details, so go for, for it. seven years, it's going to be a double. Uh, for $63 million value, $9 million average annual. That he's going to be on the Devils or the contract? Devils. Yeah, I was going to say. Even though he was just on Carolina. Which, again, it doesn't really surprise I me. I prefer him on Carolina. Because Carolina is a likable team. They're still, in your, they're still in your division. I like the Hurricanes, unlike the Devils. Sue me. Yeah, I'm just very. I get it in the sense that I know Dougie, even though they're right outside New York City, they're they're literally looking at New York City, um, where they yeah. play. Um, and he's not a very big fan of like the big markets and everything, just because of his, you know, time in Boston. In Boston, yeah. But I'm very surprised that both went this route. I assumed Carolina wasn't going to be able to afford him, so that's why he left. But yeah, the but Devils, even I don't know what they're doing was, because you're not going to be very good for a while. So him signing here for the next couple of years, I guess in that sense, you're thinking, oh, since we still have Subban, maybe him that can reamp Subban for this year. I mean, but I guess, but they also got Bernier too. The Devils <laughs> and Thomas yeah. Tatar. I mean, they're still not a great team. Sorry, they're very young. Yeah, like a, they're a yeah. very young team, that's for sure. But they're not going to be very competitive for a while. So for the next, not really. I don't think this is out of realm, but three seasons, let's say two, three seasons. Mm-hmm. You're wasting two, three seasons of nine million dollars for Hamilton in that sense. So, so at it's that very point, trip, it's not even worth it. Yeah. But I guess you then, although you have what six, five, six, five or six years left, then it's, I know that's one of those yeah. things too. He's 28, so you don't have to worry about it. He's already in his prime, so he's going to be good for you by the time the contract still ends. Um, he probably right. he's not going to be the same defenseman as he now, obviously. He'll still be effective, but right. not obviously the same. It's just a very interesting, um. No, it was interesting. I, I thought it was unless they think bizarre. because of their young talent if you just bring in a couple veteran guys or whatever that can help the young guys or whatever maybe that can get them going but yeah uh mackenzie blackwood still needs to prove that he's that starter yeah um we'll see how that goes for him if it's vintage pk suban and doug hamilton that's 
that's a pretty that's a good D pair. But if it's pair, the yeah. Subban of the last couple of years, then it's going to be yeah. Hamilton driving. Well, the that other that thing pair. is though, how do you feel about it though? Because so with your defensive pairing, how do you like to put it? Do you like to have either like you know is no the right both offensive? Stuff? Or the well, not not only just that, but more so what I was going to bring oh, up, you're like saying offensive defensemen and yeah. defensive dis- uh, you know kind of thing. So, like for example, they're both offensive defensemen. How do you feel about two of the same caliber, same similar kind of players with the offensive, you know, mentality on a pairing together? Like, do you like? Would you prefer to mix it up, or would, um, are you good so, with the? Um, so for me, opposite, or yeah, sorry, same thing. Go ahead. Um. I think to make a good deep pair, you kind of need a mixture of everything just in general. I think you need those offensive defensemen. You need two-way defensemen. I didn't need those that I agree defensemen. With. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of defensive defensemen, I just know that they bring a value to your team. I'm just right. not the biggest no, fan of them because deal. they're not that flashy to me. But when you I mean, have you a line really, like this, I, mean, it's, I know it's not the same. And it's probably not going to be the same as Provorov and Ghost, but Provorov's hmm. more two way but can still put up goals and ghost was an offensive defenseman but how fun was that right. pair to watch when they were at their peak that's a fun, yeah, that was that a fun was, pair to watch that was incredible so one of my all-time so I think favorite in stats, this sense i also think yeah. they aren't terrible defensively so they're offensive defensemen but they're good defensively at times um yes it's just like i, I never knew how i feel if, if if i'm a gm i don't know how i'd feel if i put two offensive players together because because my only fear about that is in in watching Dave Haxtell he kind of proved it with his system especially for now Seattle you got worried about he would put two kind of offensive defensemen together and one of them would pinch at least how his system worked in Philadelphia worked in Philly and with that being said you know, I think it's just a matter if, of, if you pinch too hard yeah. then you're caught a wide open two on one if not two one zero, you know. Well, and this so is, that's my it, only fear with that. I get that fear, and especially in the flyer sense, because they were younger. These younger guys are going to pinch more, right. or be a little more reckless right. in that they think they could go here, take it, and then because we see pro rugby all the time, can, can, yeah, right, and, and then they can um, get back, no problem. Yeah. But these guys are already well-established defensemen. So I don't think they you have know, to, that, you don't have to worry about them pitching too much. And if they get the right chemistry, they, they can go, okay, this time you can kind of, you know, do your own thing. You can bring out the puck. You can skid it up and, you know, do that. And I'll hang back. Yeah. And then I'll do it next time or, yeah, or yeah, yeah. vice versa, you know? Um, but personally, I prefer your top pair to be two way defensemen. That's my yeah. per- personal preference. Yeah, no, I get that. Like, it's, yeah. Um, but anyway, so some, uh, oh, the, I thought this is an interesting one for Columbus. Um, Sean Corrali, four years, 2.5 mil for the Blue Jackets. That's a decent loss for the Bruins, and they lose more depth. But just as importantly, uh, Columbus, they gain a depth center and technically winger in Corrali. Like, I like That's this another. Deal. That's going to be very interesting. I'm very interesting how Boston is going to play out this upcoming yeah, season because I'm, not I'm, only did they just lose Corrali, who they've had since he's started in the league, they just lost. They David lost Kirchie. Atkinson, and 
Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about, I was talking um, about Boston. Boston. My, 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 Columbus, is, Columbus is going to be bad. They're just going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, well, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Vorchek. You're just going to a bad team. Yeah, um, sorry, dude. But Atkinson, you're welcome. And kind of my transition over because, uh, yeah, he or you know, they're kind of losing some guys, even though they were able to sign Taylor Hall, which played a big role for them last year. You're losing guys, and you did add Linus Allmark to your, uh, which honestly, he was the net, he was like the best backup option, and mm-hmm. probably a, a price like what he got in um, Boston is why the Flyers went a cheaper route kind of thing. I don't know how legitimate there if they even had an offer for Linus Allmark. He would have been a good backup to go after, but for his kind of price, that's a different story because taking a look what he got. Um, oh, that's where he went. Okay. I was going to say, where did Yorov go? He went to Vancouver. For who? Halak. Oh, Halak, yeah. You know, because they were trying to go in on Halak, but there's a reason why. It, it was, I, I can't remember. Yeah, wasn't um, it that uh, Rask has like some injury or whatever, and they're not really going to be. Here, here's Allmark's deal. Uh, yeah, yeah, four years, five mil. Like for the Flyers, mm-hmm. you're not paying a backup that kind of money. Boston, you can. Yes. Also, he's so gonna. He's not really a backup either. Allmark's right. more so, of so, but a. That, that's what's at bet or worst a split starter because. For a team that wasn't good, save percentage wise, he actually's done really well for the for again the Sabers who we constantly say are not great. He the worst save percentage he has was a nine oh five this past season in twenty games. He had a two sixty three goals against and nine seventeen save percentage for the Sabers. Not too shabby. And reminder, and with the first overall pick this year because of how bad they were. And look at the team, the, the team he was in front of. Look at the team he's going to be in front of now. It's an upgrade, but I think... And that's also with Eichel being out for a while, too. hmm Yeah, I just... I'm very interested to see how Boston's going to end up this year because they're losing some guys. And I don't know what's going to happen with Tukster. Yeah, we'll see. Like, it's... Oh, it's they. Not that's, never mind. They're, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. I forgot they lost. Uh, what's his face? But and Crowley, but they did bring in Nick Foligno, and even though that, Nick oh, Foligno is not that's right. Nick Foligno is not great offensively, but he will fit perfectly for the Bruins because With Boston. Because I'll put it this way. Although I think the next the guy I'm about to bring up is a much better than Felino, he plays a very similar style, especially what he'll do in Boston. Charlie Coyle. Yep. He's the kind of player that reminds me of Coyle. He's good, but Coyle's much, much better. Dude, like he's a player I would trade. He's worth a first round pick and a second, and probably a B rated prospect, in my opinion. And in this sense, too, you're starting to form because uh, I 
Yeah, I was, I was like, yes. <laughs> um, but no, but no. So for someone like Coyle and having him and um, Foligno on the same team, that's a pretty, like you could almost argue of having them on the same line, I think. And that's going to be an annoying line. Like you're talking Columbus, Florida-esque annoying freaking line to deal with where it's like, Oh my god! Like we gotta play these guys. They know the shit out. I mean, it's just like it, it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be that's gonna be a problem line. And my thing with that is it's as much as I hate saying this because I dislike Boston very 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 much. This is a great deal for them for Felino because it only adds more depth that you lost with Krejci, but. It adds again that but annoying factor. Here's the other thing, though. Of, I, I remember when like I was that hard, gritty esque hockey. So the thing with Krejci is, it was always great for Boston, and Boston fans will miss him. But he's but always injured. That one, that one there. And also, he's and he's in his late like thirties. So you have to change something up because, at this rate, he isn't a second line center. He just wasn't. So bringing in Nick Felino is going to bolster your second and your a little give you a little more depth, so you don't have to rely so much on your perfection lines, you like to call it. Yes. And Taylor Hall will actually get you know people to play with, unless they want to split them up again, which you know is an option. I mean, we'll we'll see what they do, but I'll say this though: I'm curious what Bergeron's contract is going to be next off season. That's going to be. Very interesting. Victor Brusk is also a free agent. Charlie McAvoy is also going to be an RFA next offseason. Who's going to be an RFA? Uh, Charlie Coyle and Jake DeBrusque. Um, Chuck, can you offer sheet Charlie Coyle? I will love you forever. Uh, no, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I Even in Minnesota, like he's not nearly the same player he is now. Like He was in Minnesota, but he like towards the last year or two in Minnesota is when he started breaking out. Coyle is such an underrated player, and I love that dude. He's an incredible guy to to play like with. I'd imagine, mm-hmm. but it's just like he's the kind of player that you need for a championship team. You do. Like he he's basically Blake Coleman, like four Like he is the grittiness of Coleman. He'll make hits. He'll stand up for his teammates, but he's a much better goal scorer and just overall playmaker. And he's extremely strong against the boards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most goals he's put up in well, a season is twenty-one. Well, you know what? It's I guess depth wise, it's fine. But you know, that's probably just he, he's, he's, he's up, one of my favorite players to watch. So I, I like to, I gotcha. yeah. No, I don't think um, Boston's going to be nearly as. I think they're going to start downtrending. I think they're the better years of Boston actually being like a cup finalist or whatever going for it is kind of, I think, slowly dwindling a bit. Not that I don't think no, I be stressed no. that there. I am so sorry. Yeah, so am I. I mean, oh, no. again, even though Bergeron's still playing great hockey and can still shut down everyone, and, and he was a hockey finalist like he is every year, uh, again. he is 36. Not everyone yeah, is Ovechkin. Not everyone is Tom Brady. 
at some point your body is going to crash and you're not going to be the same guy. Nope. Marchand is 33. You just lost, uh, keep forgetting his name. God damn it. Crouchy. Crouchy. And Crowley. And Crowley too. He was in his like yeah. early thirties. Uh, Nick Felino is also 33, but you just got him. So it's not like he was there for a while. Uh, yeah. But a lot of your main pieces and even uh, the Tookster, he's in his flat, mid, mid to late 30s. Yeah, the Tookster is in his yeah. mid to late 30s, oh. too. So, also, maybe. real quick for Seattle, they signed two players. Yeah. Maybe they overplayed or overpaid them, but I love the deals that were called He overplayed them. Alexander Wenberg and Jaden Schwartz, these two deals, yeah. So I'll put this way for Wenberg. I think he got the perfect amount for shorts. You might have overpaid, but I think it's worth it for shorts. Um, Wenberg, three years, 4.5 mil AAV, 13 and a half mil total. And for shorts, five years, 5.5 mil cap at 27 and a half mil total. I like Jane Schwartz a lot. I think that's a little too much. I would have tacked off at least a mil, mil and a half, at mm-hmm. least if, if possible, of course. But I can live with it. It's not my favorite deal for Seattle, but I can live with it. I agree. Um, but and this is again just that that idea where we talked about last hockey podcast here, Mike, where Seattle they decided to go the route they're building through free agency. And I don't think that I mean, not that they aren't good players. It's just that nothing's like, oh, they're going to be great. They're going to be like Vegas. I mean. In terms of the division, yeah, I mean, see being the playoffs because we'll the Pacific see. isn't good, isn't really that good. Yeah. Um, and they probably with that deep pair is probably second, third best in that division. Sadly, yeah. um, and you just had a Grubauer, and you have Chris Drieger who played really well for Florida. So it's like they won't be. I don't think they're going to be terrible, but it's there. There's nothing that's too south. Like, oh, they're going to be terrible. Yeah. It, 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 I'll put it this way. So when... Like if I was going to like a jersey not, or a jersey of, of a Seattle Kraken player, I don't know who I'd get. Maybe... I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go anywhere. Maybe the, Yon, uh, maybe the Yonster or Giordano, but that would probably be it. The, who's the first one? The Yonster. You the Yonster? Yonster Gord. Oh, Yonster Gord. Like, what? Yanni Gord, I'm with you. Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Yanni Gord would be a great jersey to buy if you're looking to get one for, like, Seattle Kraken. Because he's going to be a lifetime Kraken player, in my opinion. Like, it, if I'm Seattle, maybe unless the absolute perfect deal comes along where someone offers you, like, two first-round picks and probably a little bit more, I, in my opinion, I'm not trying to, like, um, he's not a franchise player, but he's a good, good player to start a franchise with. He's probably going to lead. He's kind of probably going to lead the team in goals or points at least. So Guarantee that. you, he's going to get. My prediction for him is fifty-five to sixty points this year. Um, Twenty-three goals around there. Um, now that's so, not unfortunately saying much for sixty points, but. Unfortunately, until you get better players, that's what he's going to get around this year, probably. So um, all right, changing so, it up a bit, actually, yeah. Because, um, one thing I did want to talk about, we've talked about a lot of big contracts to uh, some you know, 
mainly defensemen, it seems, but uh, <laughs> defensemen getting giant kind of contracts um, in terms of average annual being a lot, um, maybe more than the player's worth. But it, oh, yeah, also the um, Oilers before we got Duncan and Keith. I forgot about that. Um, oh, yeah. And Cody mm-hmm. Cece. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but guys, like, I'm sorry. It, some of these guys are making so much. And I know in like every sport, you're going to have teams that kind of overpay you and everything. And the only issue you have, and it's great that you're that that those players were able to get those deals and their agents were able and the teams were able to, you know, come to that agreement. But unfortunately, there is that now that expectation of you. Whereas before it wasn't as high. Before it wasn't as high because your contract wasn't as high as it is now. But now you're asked, you're going to be asked to be this. And as all these defensemen since since uh, a top three defenseman or top five, top seven at worst, top ten, a defenseman in the league, essentially, because that's what that contract says to me. Absolutely. If you're making it's, that much money, you should be in that top ten defenseman. Do yeah. I think Darnell and, Nurse you know, is? Get- Probably not. Do I think Kel McCarr in his second year is worth nine mil? Nine no. mil. No, that's too Probably. much. Pressure. I think that's too much pressure to put him, put him on. He is a yeah, good defenseman, like, and I think he can own up to it. Or you know, uh, more Norris trophies or finalists will probably be in his future. But I mean, your dude's literally played what two seasons, and you're already giving him that much money. Yeah, yeah, it's just he may be worth that much. He's been very, very good for Colorado. More importantly, consistently good. Yes. So yes. that's the other thing. And he actually shows up in the playoffs. He does. But now he will be asked to do that all the time. If he starts play if he starts and, to struggle here and there, if he starts to be an okay defenseman, but and people are asking more essentially issues in the playoffs where they're only going to the second round and being eliminated. A lot more pressure is going to be on him to be like, uh, dude, why are we paying you so much if you can't get past that next hurdle? I only know this because yep. everyone says that about Drew and uh, Vorchek before he was traded away. Yep. Even though they're putting up, they put up uh, franchise best numbers. Legitimate numbers. Yeah. People will still question their abilities and say, even in the smallest of markets, you're still going to have annoying fans and say, is this guy really worth that much money? And that's the only risk you have with giving these, these guys, this, these guys, this much yeah. money. It's, and it all kind of started with the car kind of getting that nine mil uh, contract. Cause then Seth Jones got his. Does. And yeah. Now <laughs> and uh, now Darnell nurse. And also um, yeah. Dougie Hamilton. But Dougie Hamilton is a little older. I think he's a little more deserving of it. Not knowing that, but he's, I think a, he's Jones, a proven defenseman. So. I'd probably give Seth Jones like a million and a half less, but I think he's probably worth it too. Yeah. Um, one last thing I think they're going to be done though. So since the offseason is pretty much um, done for the most part for the Flyers, let's give them. Um, 
a little rank, a rating or grade scale of uh, how they played out this offseason in terms of their moves, in terms of guys that got rid of. Are they that much better than they are before? Are they a lot better? Or are they worse than they were uh, uh, this time last season going to the going to this upcoming season? So I think Jeff and I are pretty much on the same page in terms of the moves that they made in terms of our grading on it. Yeah, it's and it obviously overall very busy and interesting um, all season for Chuck Fletcher. Yes, he unfortunately for his case was certainly forced his his hand was forced to make moves because if he wasn't he was going to get canned in my opinion and definitely whether that's true or not the pressure was there because and now the pressure like, he, so, he had to do something i think there's going to be even more pressure on if they struggle again this upcoming season and don't do well then i think there could be even bigger changes coming towards the flyers honestly i say probably late November, if not December, seeing how the team does and if they have room to do anything big if or or just in general, if they if for whatever reason it's not working, that might be the time where Fletcher just gets you know, there's the door. See ya. Now here's the question though is would you if, if it comes down to uh, Fletcher or Elaine Vigneault, would you who would you get rid of first if and whenever the it's time usually, comes? In that situation, it's usually the coach that goes first. But for me, I do right. GM before coach. Um, Just because AB has been here way less, but more importantly, though. Also, let's not forget that he is also the president. Um, so in order for him to get canned true. for Chuck, it's going to have to come from um, Scott or whatever his name is. <laughs> you, you got his last name right, so you're you're getting better. Um, unfortunately, in that situation, if they were still to struggle by the deadline, um, I wonder if our captain and Katuri would then be gone because they'd only be a one year deals left, and they'd be very valued by a team. I wouldn't want that to happen, yeah. and I really don't want that to happen. But again, if they struggled, then desperate measures would have to start. Unfortunately, happened. yeah, but in terms of this offseason, I think you know, I, that, that's the worst case scenario, and I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but the first move that was made this offseason was getting Ryan Ellis, and obviously, this offseason it was very clear that uh, Chuck focused more on the defense than the offense and forwards for the most part, um, in terms of what they added and everything. So the first move, obviously, was getting Ryan Ellis that you traded uh, Noah Patrick and um, Phil oh Myers for. And I think that was a great deal. I think you, now you have your solid first-period defenseman. That was the one thing they were looking for this offseason, offseason in particular, mm-hmm. as someone to be able to play with Provorov on a consistent basis yeah. that you don't have to keep you know, putting guys out there. The only issue with Ellis <laughs> is he does tend to get hurt a good amount. That's going to be the only issue there. Um, um, I, I, I mean, yes and no, but like he, he's a big time warrior for sure. The last is. time I truly remember actually noticing him out was, so he missed time last year because of a shattered knuckle, not his shoulder. So that's the good news. 
Um, the last time I remember else truly getting hurt is that cheap shot from Corey Perry a couple years ago in the Winter Classic where he shoulder him getting concussion. Yeah. But, you know, of course, he's missed time. Yeah. I'm not as worried. So I'll put it this way. I you know, was a little bit worried because, I, again, just like a lot of people, there's that uh, rumor going around about his shoulder. Luckily, he squashed that rumor right away. Said, I don't know where that came from in his introductory um, press conference with Philly, but he confirmed it was a shattered knuckle, which is better because that's much easier to heal than a shoulder injury, which I can attest. You know, shoulder injuries can happen a lot more common and, and they can, you know, just get worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh, yeah, so there's that. Overall, what would you give this? trade grade-wise? I give it an A. For some reason, in the back of my mind, even before this deal happened, and even going back to the yeah. deadline, I know we always said Ekholm was going to be the flyer, but for some reason, I thought, I think it's going to be Ellis. Like, for the longest time, I, I, thought, I, I, had I, I don't know if I, I don't know why, even before this season, I was like, somehow I see him being an, in I a flyer's see, jersey. Yeah. So, I will say, I preferred Ekholm but I had that sneaky feeling in the back of my, my mind is like, it's if we made a trade, it would be Ellis. Like, I get it. It makes sense. I would, I would just prefer Ryan uh, or Mateus Egholm more, but I'm, I'm just as okay with, with Ryan Ellis. So, uh, so you know, that, that was definitely a huge start to Chuck Fletcher's offseason. I give it, I, I'm, I'm stuck. Be, I, I'd say I'd give it an A slash, honestly. An A plus because you essentially get not only a top four D man, you get a you you are you already have in a way quote unquote Phil Myers replacement because you don't have to worry about oh like like where are we going to put Myers now in the lineup you know so and Myers is a young player I think he's still going to be a good player and for his talent he could have gone anywhere from a first to a second or a third rounder. I think he's going to be just fine in that. Um, so with that being said, though, uh, so that, that was the first part I really enjoyed. You know, and that yeah. was the best of luck to Phil Jeff, Myers. I know, I, I know the Fires have been struggling, but you got to handle your temper a lot easier, <laughs> a lot better than that. I mean, really, we had to bleep you there because, I mean, really. I know. I, I was dropping bombs last night. <laughs> Um, for Nolan Patrick, his sake, it was no secret he no longer want to be in Philly. He demanded I think a trade. This is the too, best. So, yeah, he, okay. and that's true too. Yeah. He. This is the best case scenario for the Flyers. And then some they shipped them off to Vegas. So, which even made even more sense because Kevin McCrimmon, his old coach in years, is their GM there. Um, so that all, you know, uh, when I first saw it, I was like, wow, that's crazy. And I was like, you know what? After like 10 seconds, yeah, like, I was like, okay, I, 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 I don't it. like getting rid of Phil Myers, but it's like, okay, I'm okay with it. I'm okay. But again, if it gives you the top, if it gives you the top pair defenseman you need, I'm okay with it. Yeah. And honestly, the only hole you then had at that something. point was who would he put with Sanheim? Which, right. uh, that eventually became solved and we'll get that in a second. Uh, but I'll put it this way. Overall, the reason also I give it an A plus at the same time and stuck between A and A plus, you get rid of Nolan Patrick and that whole issue. You get rid of Phil Myers, but you instantly get not only your top four uh, D man, 
you get a right-handed shot, which is very rare right now, especially in the NHL. Also, it's not specifically like- for one of the few teams that needs a right-handed shot, the Philadelphia Flyers. They get that right-handed defenseman, top four D-man in general. That sells a lot. Even better, they didn't give up a first-round pick or a prospect like Morgan Frost. Also, it won't be like in this kind of situation where you only have him for like two years and one of the years he retires. He's signed for a long time, so you have him for a while. He's he, 30. He's, I, yeah, he's I think he's here for the rest of his career. Probably, yeah. Unless for whatever reason, you know, Flyers doing crap, you know, expensive yeah. playoff rental, kind of like a David Savard deal. Um you know, that's the only reason I see him leaving Philly. Other than that, I think he's get here for good. So, um, I and also, I kind of hope that's the case too. Um, I like what I like. Ellis game. I, like I really did like his game. So, I've always kind of been a yeah, fan of yeah. Ellis ever since. Oh, I, I've enjoyed his game. Yeah. Um, the next one that happened was the Rasmus Ristolainen deal, I believe. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So the full deal, and I'll bring up the trade history now. It was Rasmus Ristolainen for Robert Haig, 2021 first round pick, which was 14th overall. They used that to select Isaac Rosen. Wasn't too upset with that pick by Buffalo. 2023rd second round pick. The, my issue was right off the bat the fact that they gave a a first-round pick screams everything's wrong with this deal already. Not only that, it was four, 13th. It was supposed to be 13th first, 14th first for reason because of the forfeit yes, 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 uh, yes, yes, by Arizona's pick. Yes. Um, but my issue was, if you were willing to trade your first-round pick, especially 14th overall, and I, I get it, there are a lot of teams, seven people exact, according to reports, Seven teams had offered a first-round pick for Ristolainen, not just the Flyers. So that says a lot right there about other teams thinking what kind of value Risto has. But 14th overall, though, that's a huge trading chip. You just gave away your best trading chip for a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko. Now, in my opinion, is Tarasenko worth a first-round pick? Yeah, 14th overall, maybe, maybe not. But he's certainly worth more of a 14th overall pick than Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, he is. And for my sake, I, it's just banking on a lot. The dude's 26. I, so for me, I gave it a... Um, I didn't even do that. I gave it a D plus. I gave it a D plus in... At, I was... Also, and I even, I even, yeah, I, I said D plus slash C minus. The reason I gave it a D plus is gave up first round pick 14th overall. Like I said, you could have had it for a better trading ship. Um, analytically, and I, I, I don't understand analytics that bad or that great, but analytically, he's awful. But the reason I gave it C plus though, uh, both stat kind of both can stat argue wise, uh, regular stat wise, hockey wise, and advanced stat wise, he's not great, exactly. Um, for for example. He essentially boarded himself and knocked himself in the boards, gave up a breakaway um, while he's trying to get the pucks one game. So it's but, like. <sighs> and the issue, but, one of the issues, and this is why I kind of give it a D and a very C plus, in my opinion, 
with UC plus. Uh, with uh, Chuck is one issue he had was he felt we weren't going to get out of our zone fast no. enough, which is why you bring in Ellis because he's good at that. Why you bring in Keith Yandel? He's good at that. Richard Lund is not good at that. He's not. No. He's not going to do that. He's not going to be very good at bringing out your zone. He's just not. That's that kind of kind I of will say that counteracts what you he's said. He's not afraid but, to throw the body around. Yes, he's not he, afraid to clear players away from the net. If I if we're saying, and I said it before when he talked about it when he first got him, my uh, thinking hasn't changed. He's still a better defenseman than Robert Haig and more put together. Moran. Yes. They're but he's better than both of them, but he's still not great. I mean, it's also putting a lot of pressure on Sandheim if he struggles, which uh to kind of pull that pair going. Um and again, it's just one of those things where you're kind of banking on him having a bounce back year in a new home. Yeah. It's that plus um Another issue he had was, I guess, locker room was, I guess, he thought it was bad. So he has a good locker room presence. So that's why another reason. Yeah, which is good. Because um, so, I think people that play with him like him. It's just, he's kind of a Yeah, no, for ice. sure. Uh, which is good, though. He's a certainly a likable player, which is good. And it's good to have different personalities mm-hmm. um, on the ice like that, you know? So I think that's certainly very, very important. Um, one thing I will say is he adds a size. He also adds the nastiness that the Flyers honestly need. And he's a right defenseman. And he, although we don't really see him as one, he's theoretically, you know, a top board pair for the most part. And even though with this kind of team, you can argue it. You also, in a way, in terms of the moves he made, you lost Ghost, who was your dominant power play guy now these guys aren't as good as ghost but you pretty much replace them with three guys because Rizalina can play power play Ellis can play power play and Keith Yandel can absolutely play power play yes yeah so that that's that's big and that was the um, they had too was power play so yeah but no and so obviously the, the thing, last thing I was going to say was okay. um like on top of the nastiness was the defining moment for me in what showed Chuck Fletcher on why he needed a player like Ristolainen, when you have, of all players, Oscar Lindblom stand up for his teammates and get in a fight when you're down, what, 4 nothing, mm-hmm. That tells you everything you needed to know about that team last year. The fact that the guy who just beat cancer had to stand up and drop the gloves, that's an embarrassment to the franchise and right then and there, if I was Fletcher, if I was Drew, I don't care who one of the leaders on the team said, guys, the fact that Oscar just fought, no offense to him, why is he fighting? He should be the last player fighting. Why is Sandheim like, even, fighting? <laughs> what's up? Why is Sandheim fighting? Because he had the one fight that he didn't do great in, but he dropped the gloves too. These aren't really guys yeah, you I are couldn't really tell fighters. You. It's, you know. Yeah, you couldn't didn't, tell you. Can't you. Add that. Um, next move. So the next move they made was getting, uh, trading some cap away and losing Vorchek and no, uh, gaining no, back. Um, Gossespierre. 
Or no, I'm sorry. Then that was later. I'm sorry. No, Ghost you're was. Right, you're right. Yeah, Ghost was right around there too. Yeah, no, was, that that was later. Wow. I yeah, like yeah. Um. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Actually, no. That happened before this. The acting. Yeah. No. So. Which again, I'm not the biggest fan that we lost him. I get it, but you know, I still think he's better than Russell Line. And um, I give that one a B minus, trading his uh, salary away. But um, for the Atkinson one, I get it in the sense that he can do what Vorchek wasn't really able to do that much, even though Vorchek can put up a lot of points and he did for the Flyers. He wasn't putting up a lot of gold totals, which Atkinson can do. Yes. Now the Atkinson, only issue is the is shoot first mentality. His contract is less by like three mil or whatever, but he's got an additional year that Vorchek didn't have. Yes. He's also thirty two, so in 2025, he may not be putting up the same numbers as he does this upcoming season. Right. Um, just that's just again age just just kind of happens, um, and you just kind of hope in that sense that he can still put up at least. 15 20 goals, which would still be great because at that point, I, I think that's extremely player. reasonable. Not only that, but depending on who he plays with, like, yeah, I think he get you know, he were to think I think it's gonna happen, but I think you could argue you could potentially get 2025. Oh, yeah, right away, you could probably get that. Um, because I think he could probably be on like the first or second line. I think that's where you're gonna be. I, I think he'll be on the top six easily, but like, kind of going back and forth. Um, I but think I gonna, an my guess because, is he'll start with Kevin Hayes because, you know, Kevin Hayes yeah. kind of uh, had a good two cents yeah. and bring some of these guys in. Yes, I did. Um, I gave it an A-plus because, I yes, he was Warcheck, but you had way too many passers passing mentality first on the scene. Chuck got a shoot first mentality player. I thought it was great. He is like 2.3 mil or so less but cap hit wise of Warcheck and you know he's on he is an extra year on his contract, not only that, but you got cap back that you were able to use to, you know, go towards getting, you know, some more players and also having some more space for Hart and Santa. So overall, right there, I think that was amazing because you were you replaced that uh Warcheck with Atkinson. So I thought he did a great, great job. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but that was kind of it in terms of trades. And we talked about it last podcast, but it wasn't official until the next day. But they did indeed sign yes. Candle, which I think both yes. of us are very much a fan of that. And I still believe that the reason why he came is because he's going to play. So he, I, and also the moves that they made. Kevin Hayes. Yeah, and that's who. But, um, the moves they made definitely were so they can have at least on paper your three pairs. So essentially in one offseason, I and my guess is Chuck just got tired of the revolving door that was the third pair of defensemen. So he got rid of all yeah, the, so, he like, got rid of all the third pair of defensemen he had. So he just did that instead. So now he actually has a decent He actually has his pair. He does. And if Braun, sadly, and, was and honestly, one of the more consistent... You could say that for the Flyers. It's been a while. Also, it's banking on Braun, or Bristolainen and everyone kind of having bounced back. But um, if Braun... But at the same time, one of, our more if one of them doesn't pan out, yeah. you have Cam York. Yep. 
which I think helps. I think I kind of would prefer him getting a little more AHL time. Yeah. Um, just because he didn't get a lot of NHL time after coming out yeah. of college. I don't think it hurt. It didn't hurt Provorov for Konechny any. It may have hurt Patrick some. You can make the argument. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, though, is... I gave oh. Yandel a B. Uh, where did I say Yans? I don't have this one up. You gave, I think I you gave him a B you. as well. B, yeah. I, I, we're in the same boat. Like You know at this point, obviously, what you're getting Yandel, but it's same time. I mean, I'll take it. Like You had more depth. You had a good another power play defenseman. I'm fine with that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, in that sense... What you were saying before, Jeffrey, in terms of an offensive, two offensive defensemen, he's going to be with Braun. He's a defensive defenseman. You now have an offensive defensive, offensive defenseman. So they both know what the and, roles are going to be. Yeah, and I'm I'm fine with that. So I, no, I like that one. Um, also, I never gave my grades for the ghost one. Oh yes, I give it a C plus, if not a B minus. I understand the idea behind the trade. Probably gave up a little much, hence the C plus. Same time, you got a good amount of cap space back. You got four, the full four point five mil back, yep. and that that helps big time. So that is also partially the reason why I said B minus. Sure, you probably get a little too much, but you got a crap ton of cap space. Yeah, unfortunately, the other trades in terms of resting line, Alice, no cap is really you know taken. So right, even though you lost, you lost a little bit. By giving getting rid of Voracek and all of uh, and Hague. yeah, Hague, even though it was little and um, fuck, what did I just say? Uh, Ghost and Voracek uh, contracts, you got them away. It's still not that much in terms of what you, else you could do, mm-hmm. which unfortunately brings you to the two free agent signings that they made, which was outside of Keith Yandel. The one being Martin Jones, which I don't think anyone was a big fan of uh, for one year, two million, no. which I gave a C minus. And Nate Thompson is. I back. think I gave a yeah. You Nate gave Thompson a I D plus C minus for Jones, and you gave that Thompson sounds a D about minus. right. Yeah, I get the idea of so Martin Martin Jones. It's it's not like my favorite goalie, but Kim Dillbaugh plays a big role in why he came to Philadelphia. He was his former mm-hmm. goalie coach in L.A. They're obviously hoping to kind of get that energy going on what he was like in LA. So so my only issue with a lot of these moves Fletcher's making, he's banking, and I mean full on banking, like on Nate Thompson, like on Rista Line and Ann Martin Jones. He's banking on those guys actually performing, saying, Here's, I'm putting a lot of trust in you. You got to step up. And as well as the young guys, because he didn't add a center. He added Thompson, but he's going to be fourth line center. He didn't add a third line exactly. center. So that's meaning either Frost is going to have to step up, even though he doesn't really want a young guy really doing that or, or whatever, or putting him that much pressure on him. But I'll put this way, it's not as much pressure because it's only the third line. It is. But for a guy who hasn't had a lot of hockey lately, it is. I know. Same time though, if you have a guy like I was looking at the Lions. I mean, right now it's have gonna a be guy he's like gonna be third center for the guys. Yeah, so but even if Lawton, JVR, and Wade Allison for your third line, 
If not Oscar Lindblom, that's a great third line. So that's the other thing. Where would you put Allison and where would you put Lindblom? Like, you can't put Lindblom on the fourth line. Allison's going to be in the bottom six, I'd say third pair. Yeah. Or third line. Uh, and yeah, but then that Lindblom, would mean Oscar. I think Lindblom's in the top six, truthfully. He's got to um, be. Because I see a lot of people putting JVR up high. I still think he's going to start the year in the third line. Wait, I think he's going to be third. But at the same time, like, so as much as I hate the the term the fourth line for a lot of you know, players and whatnot, like teams can have such a good team where you can have a first, two second lines, and theoretically the third line there because of how good their depth is. Where if any other team, that player will be on the third line instead of it being the fourth line or quote unquote two second lines, for example. You know, so so for a guy, so any of these guys like. JVR in Limblom for them be on the fourth line, per, you know, and even Wade Allison, like even like for example, if it's Nate Thompson, Limblom, and Mac, yeah, that's probably a fourth line. But depending on the center, though, you could argue that's a third line realistically. See, I think because Oscar has a even a little bit longer, a little less, but a full off season to. Uh, kind of build back muscle, I think that's going to play a big role because the thing that he yeah. was kind of missing because of not really being able to build it before since being done his treatment is the fact that before then he was really good at, you know, board play and, you know, be actually yeah. being a PK and everything. So I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I want to be surprised at the start. He's in the bottom six, but I think he'll be top six again just because of that. And if yeah. he's on your fourth line with Thompson, then it's just going to be a typical fourth line. Just guys that can be kind of annoying uh, for checking, which isn't the worst thing. Right. The fourth line isn't the fourth line it used to be. So it's not, it's not a death thing to be in the fourth line. It's you have speed here and you can just kind of try to be a little more on the four checking front, which is what I'd be cool. Hopefully can bounce back and be able to do. I hope. Um, but for me, I think the more I think about it, because I know people were like before it came out that uh, Holpe wanted to stay out um, west, that mm-hmm. they would have preferred Holpe to Jones because they thought he would be, be more likely to have a bounce back. I don't really think either going to be great in terms of bouncing back because one, I never really mm-hmm. thought Holpe was that great of a goaltender to begin with. And for Martin Jones, he actually kind of was not that long ago. Them going no. to the cup finals realistically wasn't that really long ago. And I think 16, what'll help 7, 15, 16, not 16, 17 He's, not a, he's 15, not a starter 16. anymore. He's no. just not a starter. And with Hart here, he doesn't have to worry about starting like he was in San Jose. So he's going to be in a different role. And I think that's going to help him. Now, Hart also has to have a bounce back year as well. So if he can go back to the Hart he was the previous year, the year of the bubble, um, then I think you'll get a decent output of um, Martin Jones because he's not going to be playing as many games, and I think that's actually going to help him more. So I don't think that's as bad. And Nate Thompson isn't my isn't my favorite person. He's not a great that great of the uh, forward or whatever. But if he's your fourth line center, that's fine. He can help you. I don't need it. Um, and Tanner Lisinski, if he's playing a good camp, can easily beat him out. So it's not that big a deal. Worst case, he's your healthy scratch. 
Yeah, and uh, and again, you don't have a lot of you didn't have a lot of cap to work with, so you just kind of get you got what eight hundred, eight fifty k, something like that. Yeah, eight hundred thousand. Eight hundred. Yeah. Yes. You didn't have a lot of cap to work with with also having to sign Sandheim and Hart, so Hart. That's fine. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I, I'm not worried about that. So, and who um, knows if so now say we he just gets hurt, and, and if Wisdom or someone else can come up and take their spot, you know, I would love to see Zay or Wisdom if come up. If not, Rooftop can finally Forster. become the defenseman. I or sorry, center. I was hoping he could be. Yeah. I wouldn't. Again, if he's actually has to bounce back, he's a fourth line center. Yeah, maybe I doubt it. He I probably wouldn't be my first choice. He wouldn't be my first Isaac choice Kreisler. either. But I'm just he's a winger. But yeah. You can oh also. shit, that's right. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, but yeah, there's no, a lot of winners, Ruby unfortunately. So, often. or even Forster. Uh, like I said, I would love to see Wisdom first, if not then Tyson Forster, because he lit up the AHL last year too. And also, another going to have to have a full AHL though. Season, so, so there is this rule that for both of those guys, they play a, just enough of AHL games where. They theoretically don't have to go back to the CHL this year. And that's huge. So the fact that they can keep playing the AHL is going to help their game remarkably. So we'll see how that pans out for them. And I think we'll see good or bad. We'll see both, if one of, if not both, of Tyson Forster and Zade Wisdom this year. Yeah. But overall, and I would love to see that. Overall, I give Chuck Fletcher a uh, offseason to see. C plus. I would say C plus, yeah. C plus, B minus, because he, he did a lot. He of had good, good moves, but, but he followed them with okay. Some what are you kind of doing? Moves? Choices, yeah. yeah. So I, I give him C plus, B minus. Kind now of again, bro. I asked, I had the question to start this little topic, which was, are they better than they were last year? On paper, maybe, but again, you're back. I'd, on a I'd lot say of guys. probably. Because I think you're, never you might be marginally top, better. You never had that confirmed on paper top four Dean. You also mm-hmm. had so many de- you know defensemen last year. You didn't know it was a co- continuing carousel. This is the first time in years know, that they've had a, an actual decor that's like, okay, we know who's in the lineup. I know every team kind of dealt with this too, and I think every team's going to benefit from this. Is that it's going to go back to regular schedule. You don't have to worry about. You're still gonna have to worry about COVID, unfortunately, because just shit's getting bad again. Um, so, okay. unfortunately, for that sense, I assume they're gonna all want them to get vaccinated, everything, um, if they aren't already. Uh, that it's gonna be back to a pretty normal regular season for them, so they don't know how to have to worry about the uh, playing the same teams over and over again, season being cut short. It's just gonna and go back gonna to nice uh, it's not gonna be the same as it was, but it's gonna be pretty much what it was before. In terms of the on ice and everything, so hopefully in that sense that can help the Flyers because a lot of shit just happened the last year and everything because literally everything just happened just in a short span, even though it feels like a lot longer. And again, even though it was only last year they did terrible in a shortened season, the last full season they played in, they played really really well, and they're going to play the full the every team again. They're not just going to play the Metro, and that's going to benefit them a lot. And that's going to be a huge relief, including the terrible teams. Exactly. Well, even though we tend to struggle against terrible teams, either way, so. and, and history, just in the past couple, you know, seasons. 
But I think that overall, I think they are marginally better. I hope we do well. I think we are a playoff team. Um, so but take that as what you will. That's just my early prediction. I don't know where. I just think we're a playoff team. I think this is going to be. I'll put, I'll put it this way: because the, the, I think this is my last thought for the podcast. Yeah. The year that the Flyers, like the bubble year, of course, that entire year, if you played and gave them an eighty-two game schedule, they were coming out on top in the matchup. Like there was no stopping that team. You know, yeah, that was the tightest group they've had in a while. But also, they were playing for Oscar Lindblom that year. It's very um, crazy so to me that, that the locker room can get that bad shortly after they had were so close. I, I think know, again, I think it's just I'm not a lot of young lie. guys were just think, in their heads, so they just didn't know what to yeah. do. Yeah, like not only that, but I think, and I hate saying this because I will, would always defend this guy, but I think Nolan Patrick was a almost a small locker room cancer for that team. I know Maybe. him and TK were close, but it. It might kind of sound. I I wouldn't be shocked if things got better in the locker room, because Fletcher did make a comment as well. Now this isn't at directly at Nolan uh, Patrick, but he did it, he did comment on like the locker room and like team chemistry and whatnot. Notice how he mentioned this also with Patrick already gone. So in my opinion, that's kind of like. Mm-hmm. I, I, I maybe I'm speculating too much. I don't know, but that's just my thing. But um, but what I was going to say though is this upcoming season, the Flyers they're they're not going to be as good as that 1920 team, but they're still going to be good. I, I'd say instead of like a second round finish, third, fourth kind of place in the Metro. That'd be great if they could do that again. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We still have a couple months until October, but that means very soon, even though it's still the beginning of August. We aren't that far away. The only good thing about the obviously about two months away, actually. Yeah, from training camp and everything opening up. So, with that, you'll be sure we'll be following all of it, even though the next couple weeks and months going to be a little slow in terms of hockey and everything. You'll be sure to have us break as much as we can. And obviously, we're back tomorrow with underachievers. Until then, we will see you.